Hello everyone, Chris Oakley here. Just a quick word to let you know that during the recording of this podcast, we experienced a considerable number of issues that compromised the quality of the audio you'll be hearing. Many of these issues were caused directly by YouTube Live, which we were using in order to talk to our special guest, Dennis Hurley. To the best of our ability, we've improved and optimised the audio quality to make this podcast as enjoyable to listen to as possible, but we'd like to apologise in advance for any dissatisfaction you may have as a result of the technical problems we experienced. With that in mind, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 13 of the Footwatic Kit Podcast. Uh, my name's Chris Oakley and it's good to be back with you once again for another audio assortment of kit news uh, discussion and debate. Uh, before we go any further, let me introduce the man who puts the odd in podcast. It's Rich Johnson. Hello, Rich. Not very nice, is it? <laughs> Hi. It's, it's Hi, sort everybody. of a compliment. It's weird man here. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Oh, you yeah. know. Um, How are you all? Even though you can't answer, but yeah, I think we're Yay. okay. I think that intro is still better than any of the ones we tried last week. Well, yeah, that's right. We we failed miserably, I think, last week. So um, yes, hopefully it's a step up from that. Uh, anyway, it's my absolute delight to tell you that we uh, we have a special guest on today's show. Uh, when it comes to fantasy kit designs, kit clashes, and even the curious world of squad numbers, there's no one finer to educate and inform. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you Dennis Hurley. Hello, Dennis. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, Rich. Very well. Hello. Very well indeed. Good to have you on the podcast at long last. And I mean, we've been hoping to get you on for a while, and, and finally it's happened. So this is all good. Um, oh, yeah. It's just my PA was saying it for months, and I just have to keep putting it off. But glad, glad to finally create a window on my schedule for you. It's, it's, that, it's, it's that old story, isn't it? You know, our people talk to your people, and they're just. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and then Jay's people get involved, and then suddenly you're very busy. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you on the podcast. I've been been planning to have you on board, as they say, for a while now. Um, am I right in saying that thus far you're you've only made appearances on the DesignFootball.com podcast? That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's where I've, that's where I've oh, cut well. my broadcasting teeth. Oh, well, every cloud and all that. Um, <laughs> only joking, Jay. If you're listening, we love Jay. Really. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> uh, anyway, as well as all the other areas of knowledge that Dennis covers in depth, uh, there's one other one that we're going to be tapping into, and that's his expertise on the subject of the Republic of Ireland national team uh, and its many kit designs from down the years. Uh, we're going to be talking, uh, we're going to be taking that as our main subject for today's kit collection discussion, uh, as well as our kit off vote, uh, more of which later. But for now, uh, let's begin. Uh, as ever, with kit news uh, and rich, um, despite Donald Trump's uh, overtures this week, it's actually a good time to be Mexican, isn't it? Given the uh, given the releases that have come out in the last week or so. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I bought the recent Mexico kit, the the current one, uh, because it's amazing. Um, Adidas have basically stopped poncing around with stupid shades of grey. Uh, grey? <laughs> oh, I'm doing it. Here we go again. Green, green. There we go. Green, grey. It starts with a gr. It's the same thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they've been messing around with different sort of shades of green uh, for quite a while now. And the, the last kit, they went back to a very sort of classic green. And also it's their template, which has nice shiny um, sort of shadow stripes on it. Um, 
And so it was a nice sort of return to a classic Mexico look. Now, this next one that's coming up, um, I really like it, even though it actually combines two elements I don't traditionally <laughs> like. So it's Mexico have kind of gone back to a sort of a, a less green green. It's a more sort of, how would you describe that? Almost a jade green, really. Hmm. Like a dark jade. Um, <clears throat> but they've also got the old the USA 94 Adidas template sort of shadow. Well... Right, so in USA 94, <laughs> Adidas, apart from Argentina and possibly someone else, um, had this bloody template kit, which I've ranted about before, which was the three Adidas stripes on both sides, sort of rushing up towards the boob area. Um, and I didn't like it at the time because it annoyed me that every every team was wearing a variation of it. I have actually since grown to quite like that template, um, so... You know, I'm I'm not in totally insane, but on this, what they've done is they've got it as a kind of almost like a shadow print, and it just mm. looks really nice. I, I like the fact that Adidas are kind of raiding their back catalogue for inspiration, but not kind of just, you know, not just basically reissuing stuff. They're kind of using elements of their old kits on on kits, and I think ones that they didn't really use them before. So I don't think Mexico had. Uh, I don't think they had Adidas at the time yeah. anyway, um, around that time. And they certainly didn't have this because I think they uh, I think they had mostly other manufacturers, possibly Mexican origin. Mm. Um, I think they had Umbro for a while, didn't they? But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So they have that. And, and the away kit, well, I'll let you under- you describe that one, Kiss. Uh, Kiss? Oh, my God. What is happening? <laughs> hey, Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> or, or have we actually got the band Kiss on as guests as well? And I'm not, you know, I'm just, no. they're sitting me dean simmons what do you think of this kid uh, i don't like it <laughs> uh, he's doing an <laughs> well the away shirt um is also very nice apparently it also taps taps into uh, mexican kit history you might say in that it's a white shirt with a green horizontal band white and red um and it's it looks wonderful but i mean dennis you you'd probably be able to Back me up on this. It looks a bit sort of Hungarian, does it not? The Hungarian away kits from from yesteryear. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a good uh, that's a good frame of reference for it. Funnily enough, um, my last big football manager uh, expedition was in Football Manager 2012 when I made Cork City the the biggest club in the world, and <laughs> I redesigned the home kit at the start of the game to something pretty much exactly like that. Oh well. Um, so I, I'm I'm very much in favour. Um, I like the home as well. Uh, like like Rich said, it's good that Adidas have used the the USA '94 style uh, as a guide without completely ripping it off. But it's funny, funny that he says that every Adidas team had it. I think I I looked it up last year when I was doing a, a blog post on it. I think I think there's only four out of eight Adidas teams actually had it, but. Because Sweden and Bulgaria both got to the semi-finals, it's probably remembered more strongly. Yeah. Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think what you've done there, Dennis, is you've misremembered. Even though you, uh, someone has, I, I'm stating, I'm stating alternate facts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're using double speak. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, well, the thing, the funny thing is actually, it's a very good point you said it because I think. The main teams that I saw wearing it were, I think, when Romania played Sweden, I think. Sweden, the, the two of them had it, yeah. Uh, who, yeah, and, and both of them had it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else had it. Um, like you Norway's say, they, they, home had it, but not their away. Yeah, yes. I don't really remember the Norway one, funnily enough. But um, I think, like you say, yeah, it, was, it was Sweden and Romania, and then, then Sweden and Bulgaria, of course, in the um, fourth yeah. place, or third place playoff. Um, but, uh, so yes, at least seventeen teams had it. So 
<laughs> yeah, but, but the funny thing is, funny thing is, was oh, that sorry. Liverpool had had that kit for the 93-94 season. So you had all these teams at the World Cup with a new kit for them, which was a design that was a year old, basically, which would never happen nowadays. Mm. Well, I, yeah, I think we've made um, sort of similar comments because I think when, although it was kind of reversed, like when we were saying about Coventry and all the teams over here having the uh, Denmark 86. Oh, game, yeah. Is that when we got it, it was 1987. So it was like a, a, over a year after Denmark had had it. So it's like, and I, th- I don't think, I don't think even Denmark were wearing it by that point. So it's really odd that you used to get these, mind you, I swear, you tend to get that a lot uh, um, in sort of lower leagues nowadays where you'll sort of, you'll have a template that's, you know, like Man United have. And then like for the next three or four seasons, it's team wear further down the line. Yeah, it's yeah. Odd. Like you say, turning up to, I mean, like you say, that would never happen now. Turning up to a World Cup in a, a year old shirt. That's not <laughs> even your year old shirt. You know, it's yeah. new for you, but hey, now we've all had it, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm just um, starting to um, crave uh, for evidence of what might have happened if maybe Mexico had played Hungary circa 1958. You know, who who would wear? <laughs> yeah, one one of those teams has got to wear that white shirt with the green, white, and red horizontal band, and that's that's going to cause confusion all round. Yeah, where I, and See, I I have a feeling that Mexico had an away shirt like this in the 70s or something or the 60s. Well, that's what they. I think they've said that it's. They reckon it's a, a pastiche of a, an old kit. But I, per, yeah. personally, I don't think I've ever seen Mexico wearing that away shirt. But I, I take Adidas's word for it on this one. They would never lie. No, of course not. <laughs> and the uh, yes, the silence that you heard in between our agreement is uh, all that needs to be said. Um, anyway, um, other than that, uh, there has been a leak of sorts to suggest that. Uh, Tottenham's new kit for next season, which will be made by Nike. Um, well, it's going to be white. Uh, there's a, an exclusive for you there. Uh, <laughs> white shirts they're going with and a kind of uh, navy blue colour. Uh, but that's not the real news. Apparently, they're putting the cockerel badge back inside a shield again, which last time I remember that happening, it might not have been the last time actually, but the certainly last time I remember was I think when Pony had a go at doing uh, Tottenham's kit. I think they put the uh, cockerel badge inside a shield but i quite like it for that it looks a bit more substantial the, the cockerel on the ball to my mind looks a little bit too slight but um i suppose it's not strictly necessary uh what's your view on that dennis is it a nice move to, to go down that road uh, yeah like it, it, it basically harks back to the, the double win doesn't it like mm. they, they had the cockerel and shield back then um yeah. i'm sure sure That's andrew ruffle can can inform us better um, because he'll obviously remember the last time Spurs won the league over 50 years ago. Um, <laughs> if I can just get a little dig in. Uh, it, it, it does look nice. I agree with you. Um, it, it gives gives it a bit more uh, a bit more substance. But once once we're not witnessing a repeat of the mid-90s where this shield would then be put in another shield. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you were just having this kind of Russian doll effect on, on some kids. Um, I, I, I'd be interested to see what kind of kit Nike do give Spurs. Um, hmm. Like they're, they're they're great colors to work with navy and white, um, and I think it's better kept simple. And once they just don't uh, vaporize them, I suppose to, to kind of phrase like the the Euro twenty sixteen teams, and like we see Spurs in white shirts and fucking yellow socks or something yeah. like that. Well, um, the funny thing is, if they use the wear template, then like you say, I think it would look nice in all white 
and mm. they have done that, but you can't. You kind of get the feeling they'll, they'll end up using like navy on the sleeves or something. The sort of navy sort yeah, of yeah. effect on the sleeves. But the problem is because of the striped effect, it would end up looking like a sort of either mid blue or possibly even a light blue. So it just kind of it will look yeah. kind of odd. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I have actually said the vaporware template, despite my initial skepticism, has turned out to be one of my favourite templates of all time. <laughs> I feel always dirty for saying that because I don't think I don't know anybody else that actually likes it. Everyone else seems to revile it completely. Oh well, I think as, as a as a template in simplistic terms, there's plenty to work with. It's just that I think Nike have worked with it in the wrong way. Like if you had that England kit with just white sleeves and the red stripe up the sides and navy shorts with a red stripe as well. I think that'll be a beautiful kit. Hmm. So that's the thing. See, I'm, I'm kind of torn about the England kit because I, I like the England kit and I like it because they did something different with it. Uh, and I, I think it would have looked nicer or um, any, any probably like myriad different ways of doing it. But I like the fact that they did something different. And I, I also like the fact that it pissed off a lot of people because I'm just, a, <laughs> I'm just an awkward git at times. So, but yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing. I think a lot of the implementations of the Vaporware template could have been done better. But I, yeah. I, like I say, the England one, I like because they didn't do the predictable thing. I like the fact that they went with something completely different. And actually, I think one of my favorite implementations of that kit is the USA one. Yeah. Especially. Yeah, I, I, I do like the well, USA one. Yeah, and I, and I love the away kit in black with the different colour sleeves. It just I, I yeah. think it looks. I don't know. I'd like anyway. I'm just gonna stop eulogising about the bloody vaporware template. <laughs> time. Uh, it, it's funny actually. The, the current issue of When Saturday Comes magazine in the letters page. There's there's a short little two line letter saying a uh, good on England for uh, tribute to the 1968 uh, West Brom FA Cup winning kit. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 kit nerdery on a whole new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, elsewhere on the old kit news, we've got uh, there's a few new kind of kits and shirts and things coming out for teams. Well, um, well adrift, let's say, of the UK, um, very various far flung parts of the globe. Um, certainly in the Americas, and one such shirt that falls into that category uh, belongs to San Lorenzo. Now, Rich, you've plucked this one out, so um, tell us about this shirt. The home for San Lorenzo is, hey, guess what template it is, because it's made by Nike. It's oh, that'll be the... the... <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, and it's, uh, again, uh, well, it's a kind of, it's a red and black striped shirt, and then the vaporware sleeves are just black. Or are they, I'm just going to shove this right to my face. Yeah, they look like a kind of plain black rather than stripes. Because um, that's the two little, uh, the two sort of subtleties on their sleeves there. They either have a plain uh, colour or they have a little stripe effect. But these are plain, I'd say that's almost graphite, actually. It's because it's mm-hmm. not quite black. And these stripes have actually got a sort of fade effect on them. By looking. Yes. Well, they might have little stripes on them. But it's quite nice. It's, I'm not a great massive fan of red and black stripes, but this is, this is it's all right. It's, it's got enough sort of little, little different elements to sort of lift it above complete banality. Mm-hmm. Not a bad one. It's a sort of uh, orangey red kind of colour, I think, really. But yeah. um, uh, always, we always have to add the claim uh, on here that our pictures that we that we're using as a reference may not be depicting the colours correctly. But um, but anyway, there we go. And I, I've, I always forget to say this right near the start of the podcast, or at least it feels that way. 
Um, we have a crib sheet, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware of this already. Um, if you want some pictures to use as a visual guide to all the kits and the shirts and things that we're talking about, uh, we'll be giving you details at the end of the podcast on how you can get hold of that. You can join our subscription list and then you can look at these pictures while you're listening to the podcast because it may uh, help. Otherwise, you'll be doing a lot of Googling uh, along the way. So just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, so that's your San Lorenzo uh, home kit. But you've also picked out the away jersey as well there, Rich, I think, for the same team. Indeed, and this one's very nice. Um, I would say I'm going to go again, as Chris just pointed out, the, the colours sometimes don't quite sort of, you, we, we've never seen these before most of the time. So we're, we're kind of going on what's available to us. And I, I, at first glance, you'd assume this is white, but it could actually be a pale blue. Um, mm. Again, it's a vaporware template. Uh, it's got sort of mid blue to navy sleeves um, and then a, a, a plain white or possibly light blue uh, trunk to it um, and then the uh trim and the sort of uh the nike e badge is uh, sort of done in a kind of it looks like sort of almost like a luminous orange uh, which i mm. think is the kind of orangey red that's from the actual kit and from that badge um yeah but it looks very nice uh well um, um tottenham are not the only uh, team that can boast uh, uh, some <laughs> some form of new leaked information if you can call a sort of change of badge a, a leak of any sort um, but uh, chelsea as well chelsea are switching to nike as i'm sure many of you already know um now again footy headlines is is on the case and they're telling us that um we, we've got this time not so much a a, a, a leak of uh, a new badge or anything like that but in fact the shade of blue that Chelsea are going to be using although there is no particular name for it uh, the, the the shade that they've had before now is, is apparently called Chelsea blue uh, but they're saying now I have to quote this I'm sorry footy headlines so just to draw the attention to this it might be a little bit embarrassing for you but on your website it says um, the new Chelsea 2017-2018 home jersey will use a similar shade of blue as those used by NFL's team New York Giants which is work this one out, a bit darker and paler than the colour used by Adidas for the last few home shirts. How can it be a bit darker and paler than the colour used by Adidas? I'm not sure about that. So, it, Maybe it's translucent. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not sure. I think that somebody was just sort of um, in need of another coffee when they were typing that one up. But um, it, or, or maybe they misspelled paler and it's got buckets on it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, it, it just looks like Chelsea blue to me. It might, if anything, it might be slightly paler blue, but yeah. Or darker. Or, or, or indeed darker. Uh, one can't really tell at this stage. Um, but anyway, that's about as much as we know about the new uh, Nike kit for, for Chelsea. But um, again, looking forward to seeing what Nike do with Chelsea as with Tottenham. Um, we certainly can't assume, I suppose, that they're going to just use the vaporware template. I think they'll have moved on by the time we get to next season. They'll have a new template to roll out. But um, or they might, get, you know, go down the more bespoke route if it's Chelsea, if not Tottenham. Who, who, who knows? We just don't know at this stage. Um, but that's about as as much kind of information as we got. Uh, we've got for kit news anyway for for this uh, particular podcast. It's a bit thin on the ground at this stage of the season. Luckily we have a much meatier subject that we can get our teeth into. It's our kit collection feature. And as I said earlier on, uh, we had to talk about the Republic of Ireland kits, getting Dennis, Dennis on Dennis's uh, uh, real sort of strong 
uh, what's the word? What's the phrase I'm looking for? It's his real strong suit. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Um, he knows more about uh, Irish national team kits probably than uh, most of us put together. So basically, the format we're going to do is the same as on the last podcast. Myself, Rich, and Dennis are going to pick our favourite three home kits and away kits since uh, 1980. We've decided on a cutoff point, 1980 onwards. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to compare notes. And uh, well, well, we'll start off with you, I think, Dennis. Give us your number three uh, home kit for the Republic of Ireland, 1980 number onwards. three home kit. Yeah, like, this proved to be tougher than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> like, uh, p- picking three in each category. Uh, because I know my my top two, would say. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, I suppose I don't want to give too much away, but you're kind of, you're comparing some kits that are very similar and you're like, would I leave them all in or would I just pick one of them and go for something different? Um, and that's kind of what I've done. So <laughs> for the third, third spot, I was uh, caught between the 2010 home and would say the classic 80, one from 83 onwards. Yeah. The alternating gold and white pinstripes. Um, and in the end, the, the 2010 one is nice, but um, I think the green's just a bit too dark. So basically, it's the, the one I chose is the O'Neill's uh, with the the like like I said, the alternating white and gold pinstripes on the green, uh, similar to Francis Adidas kit at the time. Uh, yeah, O'Neill's took in Springwood, reckon, uh, and plain green sleeves with. Adidas like stripes down the side, uh, two white and one gold, um, and then uh, white collar with three stripes there as well, two green and one gold, and it, it's just it, it's kind of it's the quintessential retro Ireland shirt. Um, I think mm. O'Neill still produce retro versions which are quite popular. Uh, one one feature though was that there was an awful lot of variations. Uh, mm. Even I, I've seen pictures. I, I was talking to Simon Shakespeare recently, and we were looking at a picture of a friend against Italy in 1985. Hmm. And the players with long sleeves had the collar, and the players with short sleeves just had the simple V-neck. This is in the same game. Yeah. So uh, there was there was quite a bit of difference. Uh, if if you're an Ireland short collector, I'd say it must be hellish to try and actually keep track of which. Which shirt was worn which um and yeah. if if you are interested in checking the match worn shirts uh irelandsoccershirts.com is the best resource for that there's some great uh great match worn shirts there but basically the short answer to your question having given the answer is that the one from i, I think 83 to 85 was kind of the time period it encompassed yeah yeah it's a yeah as you say it's a classic ireland shirt that one and um I mean, there's there are so many um, avenues of conversation we can go down at this point, and I'm sure we'll sort of come on to them in, in due course. Like, for instance, first of all, the use of um, uh, gold as a sort of complementary colour along with the green and white. Uh, also, the fact that, you know, O'Neill's designs more than gave a knowing nod towards uh, some of the uh, templates used by Adidas and so on and so forth. We will probably yeah, yeah. Uh, come on to those in due course. Before we do, I'll go to you, Rich, for your number three selection, please, on your home kits. Well, I just changed mine because... <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. No, no, I haven't actually changed which sort of kits I've chosen for the top three, but I chose the, I've chose i just moved the order around slightly. 
Right. So I was just reviewing them, and I thought, actually, no. One of the others, the ones that I had previously chosen as my number three shirt, has actually grown on me more looking at it in the last few minutes. So, so the one I have gone for as my number three shirt is the 1985 home made by O'Neill's, but the one worn against Norway in 1985 with the yellow chest band on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I like that purely because I like the chest band. I think it's just like it seems, correct me if I'm wrong, Dennis, but that seems like a completely unique design for Isla. I've not seen Yeah. Yeah, I think that was um, I mean so what's the history behind that? Is it is it like a was it made specifically or was it like some a bit of team wear they had lying around or something? Or so why the um, I mean I know that teams did a lot of changing in the eighties. I mean I I'm a an Argentina fan and their their shirts yeah. changed similarly like, you know, match to match at times. So what's the history behind this one? Well I, I've because I'm such a nerd, I've looked up the, the newspaper archives from the time and I suppose it's just indicative of the, the the coverage back then. There's no mention, even in the match reports, of the different side of shirt or anything like that. Uh, John Devlin in True Colors too does mention that I think the FAI just wanted something different and they, they were bored of, of playing shirts. So they asked O'Neill's to come up with this. Um, and O'Neill's did, um, with, like you say, with the goal chest band, which is kind of reminiscent of the jerseys worn by Kerry and Gaelic football. Kerry are the most successful county with most All Ireland. So it looks a bit like that. And then the goals suffer completely uh, like anything else. Um, but the game was a nil nil draw. And it, I think, I'm not sure was it the game that eliminated Ireland from the World Cup 86 reckoning or just dealt their chances a blow. But uh, the shirt was never seen again. Um, and the following year, Ireland had changed to the Adidas. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the, the one that Borough wore in the late 80s, the one uh, with the sort of, the, the yeah. way they've got the, the stripes going across the top as well. It's an, a really odd design. I think it's one of those ones you look at and you think, I don't know, you either immediately sort of think, I like that, or you just look at it and think, that just looks awful. And then I think, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just kind of, it's, 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 I don't know. If, I think if you've ever presented that with, with the sort of badges and the, the crests removed, I don't think anyone would ever go, yeah, that's an island shirt. Yeah, it's quite I agree, yeah. As well, it's kind of quite. A, I mean, it could just be the photo, obviously, but um, but yeah, I don't, it's, it's an odd one, but I like it. I like it for that. Yeah, um, I, I like the scene with the classic shamrock crest, actually, rather than the one that was used in that game. Mm. You know, whether it would have improved it or not. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, um, I was going to say actually the. Two things on that, really. I mean, I've, I've mentioned already the fact that some of the O'Neill's designs uh, looked not dissimilar from some of the Adidas stuff. But in fact, that particular shirt with the big yellow gold uh, horizontal band across the middle, in, you could actually argue that that's picking up on designs, a bit like the one you just said, Rich the Middlesbrough kit, but also at the same time going on in the UK, at least, you had um, Watford and then any number of other teams wearing that uh, horizontal band, albeit, split diagonally so there was a bit of horizontal bandage going on in uh, in uh, certainly in english football at the time so maybe you, to say that it's kind of uh, there's a lot of adidas influence you could also argue umbro as well and any number of other teams as well um but what i wanted to actually ask at this point um uh, dennis is um yeah what's your view on the on the use of of gold as a as a complementary color i mean is it is it something that you think we should see more of and do you think it's likely to come back as a as a sort of retro thing anytime soon do you think 
Well, I'm kind of contradicting myself in that I, I picked the short wick with gold on it as my number three, but I do actually prefer orange, which is what the Constitution of Ireland says, and that the flag should be green, white, and orange, or green, white, and gold. And O'Neill's did use like, yellow, but Ali Das then used the proper orange, which, which I prefer, which I think when used kind of sparingly sets it off nicer. Hmm. Um, uh, Umbro did use a kind of a gold thread on, on that 2010. The and and the current one has orange on the the collar as well. So I think I think it, once it's used judiciously, it can it can um, it can act. But I wouldn't like to see it kind of become overpowering. I suppose because hmm. that's quite a bold, as I say, quite a, a broad sort of band, I suppose, across the middle. So it's quite a, sort of uh, yeah. Well, the, the, that band definitely looks better in the golden glove than it would have in orange, I think. Um, yeah. So I suppose it, it comes down to the uses on each individual shirt. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, well, my number three choice, I've gone for the 1998-2000 shirt, which is actually quite a sort of, uh, it's got a very busy shadow pattern on it. It's essentially the FAI logo, um, sort of used twice, you might say, in ensconced in a series of alternating shadow stripes. Now, a lot of people would probably look at that and sort of go, oh, it's, it's too, a bit too garish, it's a bit too busy, um, trying too hard, umbro, and all that kind of thing. I guess the way I'm looking at it is putting it in context of the, the designs that were going on at the time. And certainly, um, I think umbro were really sort of trying very hard to, to come up with something different. Um, and I think if you're going to have a shadow pattern, in some ways, you might as well go the whole hog and make it something quite sort of bold. And I just quite like this one. It just works well. Um, you know, you've got a sort of white kind of winged collar, uh, a bit of sort of trim going on on the cuffs and stuff like that. Um, not, I wouldn't say it's a classic or anything like that, but I just think it wor- would have certainly worked well at the time and fitted in with what other manufacturers were perhaps trying to do. The whole notion of a, a shadow pattern, um, I, I guess manufacturers were trying to do something that was um, – something in advance of what had gone before and not not quite as basic as what had gone before. So I quite like that one, but I've got a feeling that at least one of you might be saying, what are you talking about? You know nothing. Um, which of you are <laughs> going to be brave enough to say so? Um, uh, well, go on, you can go first, Dennis. All I'll say is oh, that that shirt features elsewhere on one of my lists, so Ooh. I reserve my comment of that. Fair enough. Well, I, I can say it features nowhere on my list, so I'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're the one. I don't mind it, actually. I, my initial reaction to it is it just looks horrible and busy. But actually, listen to your justification for it. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I see your point. And the funny thing is, I think that, that shirt and Mexico shirt from 98, uh, which also had, that was the one with the incredibly, you know, insane. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, I was, I mean, that was a great shirt. But the funny thing is, I always look at that shirt. I'm always convinced, whenever I see it, that it was from 94. And I know it's not, but mm. I, whenever I see it, I always think it was. And I don't quite know why. And it's similar with this Irish one. I look at that, and immediately I think, oh, that looks like a 94 shirt. But it, it's, yeah. it's not. So, so I, yeah, it's all right. I quite like it. It's um, it's different. I think, I mean, one could easily describe it as hideous and cack. But I won't. So, you know. Well, that's good of you. Um, 
the the the, the picture that we've got in our crib sheet uh, makes the shirt look as though, as though it's got a slightly kind of olive shade of green. But again, I don't know if that's just a photographic kind of reproductive issue or not. Because in John Devlin's fine True Colours Volume Two book, uh, the shade of green is a much more typical kind of uh, shade of Irish green, shall we say? But what uh, do you do? You know anything more on that? Dennis, would, would that be the latter? Would be correct. I, I don't think um, I don't think it was as olive as as in the picture. I think it was oh. uh, the, the usual shade. Let's say. Right, fair enough. That's good because uh, that's this is something else. I'm sure we'll come on to as well. The shade of green that is used, as it, it will be the case, maybe for you know the shade of any other color for any other country. I suppose it can be quite a critical thing. But anyway. We come back to you, Dennis, now for your number two choice for the home kits. Okay. Um, I will go for the very short-lived uh, 2000, into the start of 2001, um, but it, it was, I think it was only worn for about 10 months. It's uh, just lovely, plain green, almost like a rugby shirt, uh, green with a white collar uh, and white cuffs and pretty much no other tr- trim bar, a kind of a very subtle, um, I think was it kind of hoopy uh, weave in the in the fabric, um, yep. but very hard to discern that. Uh, it w- it it's similar enough to the one that Umbro made in twenty in the in the twenty fourteen for the twenty sixteen qualifiers, but uh, that kit had green shorts, so that's why I wouldn't choose that one. So. Right. Um, yeah, it, I'm not sure why it didn't last very long because it was still umbro. It was still air on the the shirts and the, the replicas that were sold. So there was no pressing need to actually change it. So uh, I was a bit disappointed when I thought it had been replaced uh, because it, it it just for me it it just it's what an Irish shirt should be like, fairly simple and classy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to jump in and say that was my number one choice. So there we are. That's I like it for exactly the same reason. Um, just simple, <clears throat> understated, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So there we go. So you now know my number one. But Rich, <laughs> I sense that you're about to chip in with your view on that. I might do. Um, I really like it as well. And I, I nearly did choose it. If it wasn't for the sort of slight quirkiness of the very early 80s shirts, um, I think I would have had this in my list. Um because again, it is. It's a. It's a, the funny thing is, you look at that, and if you didn't, if you could sort of remove anything else from that picture which dated it, you'd probably swear that was from the late two thousands. From with the because yeah. it's a very similar style. It's a very very nice looking shirt. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it missed out on my top three purely because of some of the uh, the sort of weirdness of the uh, other designs that the island have had down the years. But um, I think when we were we were looking at this before we started recording, we noticed that the that pretty much the whole of the two thousands period for Ireland was an incredibly dull set of shirts, mm. uh, which just sort of seemingly the same shirt over and over again, with minor tweaks or things. There is a degree of that, perhaps. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. But, uh, well, okay. So, what's your number two choice then, uh, Rich, for the Holmes shirts? My number two choice, uh, and this is the one that was in third, but then actually moved up, uh, <laughs> is the one that they wore. Um, at the 1988 Euro Championships, oh. when I can't remember, I can't even remember what Ireland did there. I don't think they were very good. I don't remember. <laughs> them doing 
I don't think they beat anyone, did they? Try um, harder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and, and the funny thing is, I, I was never actually a massive fan of this shirt at the time. And I think this is the same template that Cameroon had at the 1990 World Cup. Uh, if I'm yeah. right, I think you uh, might be right there. It's, it's similar, I don't know, it's similar, but, but actually just slightly different. Um, it, 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 I think I, I haven't seen, I think, I think someone else might have worn one like this, but it, the the ones that the Cameroon had and Marseille and Bayern Munich had the, the two hoops the yes. same size. And they yeah, were, the funny thing is, know, as I scroll back, fabric. Yeah. yeah, as I scroll back up to the picture, I realize it's slightly different, um, but it's it's kind yeah, of the, the, similar style, but not the, the, quite. Yeah, the the top fatter hoop was a kind of um, a mesh material. Mm. Um, yes. So maybe, yeah, maybe an early example of breathability or all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you what's <laughs> weird about this, actually, and I can't tell if that's actually just because Ray Houghton's wearing a long sleeve version that he's rolled up, but it appears to have almost like three-quarter length sleeves on it. Well, actually, yeah, looking at the away yeah. features, well, it seems to be a design. It's just really odd. But yeah, yeah, I quite like that shirt because it's kind of a, a classic island shirt seen in, you know, quite, I suppose, um, you know, good times and all that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> beat some people at that tournament. Um, and it's, I think it's just a sort of, I like the color, the shade of green in it. Not, um, at the funny, the collar looks incredibly, uh, it looks quite dated actually, even for the late eighties, even though it's a wrap over, it's got, it's quite a thick wrap over and it appears to have an actual flappy collar on it as well. So it's. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, quite nice. But you know, it's, uh, it's uh, like I say, it's sort of. I, I think a lot of the retro feel has, has helped it get into number two on my list. I, yeah, I do like. I think it's a good, strong design that shirt, and and maybe it's just because it's it's. I don't know if I've already said this on the recording, but um, we may have just said it before we started recording that um, I've got a few sort of blind spots on some of the uh, island kits. I strangely don't have much recollection of, and but but that one. Obviously, Euro '88. It was just—I don't know. It just looked looked a really good, strong design for that shirt. Um, uh, dare we say, uh, without giving away too much at this stage, uh, Dennis? Is it is it on in your top three, or is it anywhere in? in uh, is it at the top end of your uh, your preferences? Let's say. Yeah, I suppose it's in my top ten. Definitely, it might squeeze into my top five, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it's not in my top three. Ah, right. It's that old thing again oh, yeah. about like associating a kit with with um, you know successful period for a team, and I, I guess there are a lot of Irish fans who would probably dare I say it, I'm <laughs> sort of you know uh, applying this label to all Irish fans just just as I, I wouldn't with any others, but it would be very easy to sort of think, oh, that was a, that was a great kit because you remember Euro '88, but, um, but I just think it's a good design anyway. I, I'm probably just a bit too young to remember Euro '88, and so that that could be why. I don't uh, don't recall yeah. it as as fondly. Um, it was nope. just before I started watching watching football. Uh, I would suspect oh. that more people. I would suspect that more Irish people would have a, a fondness for the nineteen ninety shirt uh, mm. based on that sort of logic as well. Yeah, because obviously that was worn. You know when they when they bored everyone to death at the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding! Just kidding! Kid. Oh dear. All right. Well, um, that being the case, and uh, just, you now know my number one. So we need to come to you, Dennis, for your number one choice of home shirts. Um, well, it, it's almost as if as long as if Rich could read my thoughts because <laughs> I've gone for the nineteen ninety World Cup home. Three. Um, and yeah, basically, I, I try not to show bias and to be objective when I can, but 
first football memory, it was the first shirt I owned. Uh, Ireland did quite well at the World Cup despite playing, coach just said. Um, and uh, it... It, it it's it's an evolution from the eighty eight shirt, um, just mm. a bit cleaner, I think, with the the neck and just the yeah, Adidas stripes going fully. The little uh, the boomerang pattern, I think, just kind of not too overpowering, um, and it, it's just just a great look. Um, I think if we were picking goalkeeper shirts, I think I'd have to go for a packy on yellow <laughs> as well uh, for being the best goalkeeper shirt. Even though obviously he was wearing the grey and he saved the penalty against Romania, uh, I think I, I've just put him in into the the crib sheet there now. So I just think just a really really great shirt. Um, but I would I would uh, I would specify that it's the nineteen ninety to ninety one version, which is my favourite. I don't like the ninety one to ninety two with the the new crest. Uh, uh, yeah. I just prefer the, well, the classic. Here's a, question you, yeah, here's, a, here's a question. What what is it with the FI, the FAI and their awful crests? Because the original Shamrock one was quite nice, and you know, and and then yeah. the one they replaced it with in for the '94 one was god awful. Uh, and then the one they've got now is just yeah. like a it's a really bland sort of corporate sort of sort of design. It's just there's nothing to it it's like when you consider the no, no. you know um like say wales and and england and 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 uh oh, who's the other one scotland <laughs> i momentarily <laughs> forgot where i was living there um uh, yeah those yeah. countries around me uh, and they've all had you know i mean okay they've tweaked the design slightly but they've always had you know a very um, distinguished crest for quite a long time but ireland just can't seem to settle on anything and and the stupid thing is, I think the original Shamrock one, I th- certainly the one they had at 1990, was perfectly good. You know, it's, but the one they yeah. have now is just this awful sort of corporately designed nothingness. There's nothing on it which has got any real connection in my eyes. I don't know what yeah, you take it's, from it's, that. No, I, I agree. They, they just, uh, the, the last two have just reeked of just blandness. Um, and there's some club. <clears throat> somewhere in Asia, I think, uh, who basically copied the current FAI logo for their crest. And I'm trying to find who it was. I I think it might be someone in Israel. I I think I've seen that uh, at some point. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, sorry, I have it. Um, Yeah, it's it's actually the Israel crest. Yes. Uh, I thought it was a club, but the Israeli Football Association, same shape, um, with kind of inserts on the, the outline, and then uh, it's the spaghetti junction of a shape in the middle. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if you're if you're going to copy a crest, copy a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've just looked that up. It That's is. crap. Uh, it, it is. And the funny thing is, I'd actually say it looks nicer in the Israel colours as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, to answer your question, Rich. Uh, I don't know why they have missed with something that was nice and simple and looked well for I, uh, I, over I wonder, busy. Uh, I, I do wonder if they tried to get rid of the shamrock because they were trying to sort of distance themselves that from that potentially stereotypical view of the Irish. It's like, ah, the shamrock and everything. I nearly did an Irish accent there, but I, just, <laughs> I thought, no, I'm not going to do it because I know I will just hear endless crap from Jay. So 
But imagine I said that in a really bad Irish accent. <laughs> on yeah. top of the morning and all that. Um, <clears throat> you hear Jay getting really annoyed now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I do wonder if they were trying to move away from the whole sort of stereotypical shamrock is Ireland thing. And But I, why? What's yeah. the point? You know, that's well, what people identify. And, you know, it's not like they had to stick a leprechaun on there or some lucky charms or something. Yeah, like the original one with the, the, the three shamrocks on the shield was pretty much exactly the same as the Ireland rugby team had. Um, and so you can understand maybe going, why they went for the, the round orange one, um, yeah. you know, for copyright reasons or whatever. But the other two changes then, I, I don't really know why, why you would. Hmm. Um, the uh, I'm just trying to remember the the island badge before the current one um, that had a sort of moving ball motif that was similar to the USA ninety four logo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a bit a little bit of a pastiche on that. But I think there's also um, which team uh, again a national team is it somebody like Slovenia or somebody have got a, and it's not exactly the same as the current island badge, but that's got a kind of strange perspective sort of interlocking yes, circle yes. thing going. <clears throat> yeah, it's the one with the, uh, yeah, the sort of cross shape on it of the circles. Yeah, yeah so I mean, oh, not exactly the same, but it's kind of, <clears throat> like, yeah. Like it's bouncing towards you on a, from a very far away trampoline. <laughs> 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 it's at the point um, where it's just at the, just at the, uh, the actual peak of the, 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 the wave there as it's before it's about to descend and it's very close to your face and it's gone all distorty perspective. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much, uh, the art correspondent for uh, the uh, <laughs> Kid podcast. Um, I would just actually like to add, I, I really like the original um, Shamrock in a Shield badge. I thought that looked terrific. I, I'd be, have absolutely no problem at all if they brought that back and maybe just slightly kind of, I don't know, modernised it a little bit. Because it's just, you could you could add the word Ireland in there or whatever you like. You could add a little bit extra and it would still retain the the, uh, the integrity of the original thing. I think that would be a, a good one to go back to. But I don't suppose they're going to move back to anything uh, or change the change the logo anytime soon uh, despite what we've probably just been saying um as for the kit itself i love i've just actually illustrated the 1990 kit for my kitless website and it was a it's it's a lovely as you say uh dennis a, a lovely cleaner sort of evolution of the 88 uh kit and um kind of odd the the boomerang motif on that but it does work as a shadow pattern it just it's a nice nice little bit of extra uh, interest in the in the in the actual design but good one very nice. Um, so, Rich, what was your number one home kit choice? <clears throat> My number one, he says, delaying because he's moved away from the sheet that I've written it on, <laughs> is the 1985 O'Neill's, uh, the one that Dennis had at number three, uh, the yellow stripe on ah. the, well, I've put a uh, yellow mid-stripe on the Adidas stripes, but of course they're not Adidas stripes, but they're Adidas star, and the yellow and white pinstripes. I just think that is, uh, uh, to be honest, even before I'd seen the pinstripes on it, I was smitten by the different coloured um, stripes on the sleeve. Mm. I just think it. Really I, I think there might have been a version actually with the stripes on the sleeve and without the pinstripes. Oh right, yeah, okay. Because right. mm. the pinstripes, yeah. I don't mind. the pinstripes in the different colours. I'm not a massive fan of. Uh, I just think it look, makes it look a bit busy. Uh, but I just love the stripes. I just think they look amazing. So and it's it's a sort of a classic sort of island shirt. <clears throat> mm. So yes, that was my number one. All right, that's all very interesting. I must have an honorary mention. I have to say, I do have a soft spot for the other 1985 home shirt that was made by O'Neill's, which um, is effectively a plain green shirt with white 
um, trim on the V-neck and along the shoulders. Uh, just, I don't know, it looks like nice, again, nice and sort of basic, but it's got a certain dignified style to it. And um, and that had a yeah. big shamrock badge on just a shamrock on its own. And uh, I, I've got a soft spot for that one. Yeah, and I think that one was kind of an ancestor of the first Adidas kit, which I, I would have chosen if it wasn't so similar to the 1990 kit, just the plain white V-neck and cuffs and the Adidas stripes, which I think is a great look as well. Mm. Very much so. Um, and I came close also to um, uh, having the Adidas equipment kit from 19... He says, quoting the True Colours book, 1992 to 1994, um, I just like that template. I know it's bold and maybe commercially crass and all the rest of it, but I do like that template and I nearly... I think it would be my number four choice. I think for home kit because it's just I just thought it was nice and bold and modern looking for the, uh, yeah. for the particular era that it was in. So anyway, that will come on to the away kits now, and um, we'll go back to you, Dennis, for your number three choice. What have you got there? Uh, number three best, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, again, it was a close run kind of a thing, um, and I ended up. 2004 away or the 2011 Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I would just give a nod to the 2011 one uh, white with the round neck green round neck uh, and green shorts yeah lovely Um, it went well with the the home at the time which was green with the white v-neck um but i think the away just had a slightly lighter shade of green yeah um it just kind of would would uh make me like it a bit more mm. um yeah like yeah. Uh, not a lot going on with it in design terms um there was i think green and gold um up the up the side just one stripe um kind of like the nike vapor one yeah um, and it just overdo it didn't try to be too clever which which i liked mm. It's a very nice away kit, I have to say. That is again, that would maybe just sort of be maybe my number four choice, I think, possibly. But it's a it's a very nice, clean, beautiful looking away kit. Um, my number three choice uh, from around about the same period um, is the 2011 away, which is black but with a green band oh, yeah. just below the shoulders. Um, which I'm gonna again. You probably know more than more about this than me. I think, Dennis, but I get the impression it probably wasn't worn that often. I think it was worn in the what do they call it, the Carling Cup? Was it yeah, Carling Cup? Uh, I think. I think when they beat Scotland, um, that's right. Obviously, black is a fairly stupid choice to wear against Scotland, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it gave both countries a chance to wear their awakens. Um But yeah, like Ireland, Ireland have incredibly had a couple of third kits over the years, um, even though there's hardly a need for an away kit. But that's the age we're living in. Uh, that was mm-hmm. a very nice one. Basically the same style as the Athletic Bilbao away. That's right. Um, except where Athletic Bilbao had white and red, Ireland just had a big solid green block. Mm. I think um, Scotland wore the yellow kit in that match. Is that right? <laughs> Against. Okay, yeah. That would... Actually, I think that's Scotland in the picture. Um, <clears throat> yes. And the crib sheet. I quite like right. the socks with the vertical stripe. That's right. Well spotted. <laughs> so uh, what did you go for, Richard? Your, your third... Favourite away kit? I went for the exact same thing as you, Chris. The black one. Did you? Green stripe on it. I did, yeah, yes. You are. And I, I, I actually, I, I chose, there were two I had, uh, which were position three and two. 
And then I, again, swapped them around at the last minute and because uh, I, I realized that I much preferred my number two choice to my three. So, yes, that's exactly the same for me. Here we go again. We're, gonna, we're not going to match on all three away against that last time. Uh, <clears throat> All right. Well, okay. Back to you then, Dennis, for your number two choice on the away kids. Number two, um, well, having having extolled the virtues of a lovely plain white kit for number three, I'm going to go with the World Cup 94 away for number two, which was uh, anything but plain and simple. Yeah, but it was just, it was, it was, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty hard to appreciate now in this day and age, but just how different it was at the time because. Out of the wickets up till then were always just a straight reversal of the home. Yeah, and to see this uh, in the spring of '94 was uh, it, it was kind of mind blowing. If that doesn't make it sound <laughs> as if I did yeah. too sheltered yeah. life, uh, and just the, the, the fading the fading effect on the stripes uh, from green to white uh, was was just really nice. I, I thought, and it was unique at the time. It was used a bit. In subsequent years, um, Stockport County definitely had it. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. A couple of other teams wore it, but at the World Cup, definitely, it was um, it, it stood out. Um, I think it, it just looked really well. Mm. Yeah, it, I just I remember seeing that in the World Cup in 94 and thinking, wow, that's a good away kit. Yeah. Love, the, love the fading effect and the, and the orange kind of edging to the stripes. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that uh, John Aldridge uh, kept his composure in, isn't it? That's right. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. So he had a, a nice little uh, exchange with uh, <laughs> uh, a jobs work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, I'll go to you next, then, Rich. What's your number two choice? My number two is the 2012 away by Umbro, which was the one, uh, the basically the white sort of almost like a rugby shirt style with the um, green stripes down, running down through the left-hand side of the shirt through the crest. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's a similar design. Well, Wales had a similar design, but I don't think it was the same template or anything. Um, but it's just very nice. It's a nice sort of plain white shirt, but I really like the stripes running through the crest. It's kind of, it's not a single stripe by the look of it. It looks, it almost looks like it's like either a two-tone or possibly even like a, a sort of three-tone or something. But it's just very nicely done. It's a very classic shirt and, and just the, the stripe sort of really sets it apart. I, I quite like um, offset stripes. Mm. So I think things. Yeah. <clears throat> I, don't, I, don't yeah I think you're right in that it's a three-tone um, uh, just a repeating, and that same motif was, I think, on the the neck of the 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 twenty thirteen home, um, as well, right. the yeah. one after twenty twelve. Yeah, it was a lovely awakening, and it was it was close to my top five as well. I can't believe this. It was actually my number two as well. <laughs> it's <laughs> happening again. Yay! <laughs> Symbiosis. Dear me, uh, yeah, I just, it's, I think it's terrific. Um, I, you, as much as I, you know, uh, yes, I've picked a black away kit for, for my number three choice. You can't beat Ireland in white for the away kit; it just works. And and that stripe, as you've already said, Rich, I just think um, looks looks beautiful. So uh, I can't really add anything more to what you said there. So uh, that leaves us to just um, select our number one choices. So Dennis, what was your best away kit? Oh, well, I am just going to be completely unoriginal and go for 1990 again. <laughs> uh, 
But I suppose it stands to reason if the home looks great and the away is a reversal, then that looks great too. The only real difference in terms of it not being a reversal was that it had the same white neck with the orange trim. But I think that arguably makes it look even kind of better. Um, yeah. That it's just a big block of white, black and green for the shorts and white again for the socks. Uh, like the World Cup 1990 was the first time really that. Irish people had any proper exposure to in a way kit. Like they, they wore one against Northern Ireland in the qualifiers for that. Mm-hmm. And before that, then I'd say you're, you're going back a few years. Like, and then all of a sudden they wear it in three games out of five in the space of a month. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, I just do, I, I think it's, it's a great look, um, the white, green, and white, like, like that. And it, it's just. I'm kind of I'm struggling for words, really, but I think it, it just looks uh, like a real classic kit. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it simple and it just works. I mean, and and that uh, boomerang uh, pattern is there if you look for it. It's very yeah. subtle, obviously, but uh, on a white background, but it is there. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot to be said for just transposing the same template for the away kit and just changing the colours. I mean, I, you know, I, it seemed to go out of fashion with a lot of people for a long time, but it's just, it's just yeah. it works. <laughs> just just use it again and, and just change the colours around. It's absolutely fine. Uh, okay, well, I'll go with my uh, number one choice. Uh, oh, sorry, go well, on. What I was going to say, Chris, is that seeing as we're on a roll here, <laughs> I think what we should do is after three, say the year. Yeah, yeah. Gone, just to see if it's the same. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, hang on. So, Let so, me just so make just sure. Say, just... Yeah, go on. <clears throat> so after three, we'll just say the year of the kit we've gone for, right? Yeah. Uh, hang on, I'm just double checking my. Oh, right, okay, yeah, I, right. I've just spotted something that I could have said earlier on, but I'm going to say it now anyway. So go on then. On the count of three, then one, one, two, two, three, two thousand eleven. Yeah, I've just oh. realised that um, that Dennis's number three choice is actually my number one choice. Um, so there you go. I don't, didn't even spot that. I was so busy trying to kind of keep up with things and uh, whatever. But uh, yeah, I've gone for exactly the same. I remember when you were saying that, Dennis, I remember thinking, that's a really good kit. I should have picked that. And I didn't realise I actually have got it as my number one choice. Um, yeah, simple white shirt, green ring neck, if you like. Um, I mean, beautiful just classic white green in much the same way as you said for the uh, for the 1990 kit it's just uncomplicated by uh, any unnecessary sort of motifs really so there you go um, so so you went for 94 then rich did you i did yes that's i mean it was on my top five world cup kits of all time and that article i wrote for the attic a while ago uh-huh. um, yeah I, I love that island kit it's a great kit i think like dennis said it's, it's completely different from what they'd ever had before and it was indeed great to watch uh, John Holdridge completely losing it um, <laughs> against the officials, and also little tiny Morris Setters trying to hold him back. <laughs> uh, a little, like a little sort of little sort of tiny man trying to hold back a sort of force of nature. It was funny, um, and also that they lost in that kit. And they, actually, did they wear that one? No, they didn't. Of course, they didn't wear that against Holland. For God's sake, what am I talking about? Um, the, yeah, they must have worn yeah. the green. Yeah, they wore it Yeah, they wore it against they? Mexico, didn't they as well? And yeah, they were against Mexico. Yeah, yes, it's uh, a glorious kit. Just for a minute, I thought you were going. You were talking about the ninety-four-five away kit there, which has got these bizarre kind of looping yeah. bands that go down the side, which is a bit peculiar. But uh, good, good God, no, that's an awful kit. 
So I think, uh, well, that's that's pretty much our roundup of our favourite choices for the uh, home and away kits that uh, have been worn by the Republic of Ireland since 1980. It'd be interesting to hear your views, listeners, of which ones you prefer, uh, whether they chime with us. I think generally, fellas, I think um, we seem to be more in agreement on the away kits than the home kits. But um, but yes, there's, I mean, there's this we could be here all day talking about the ones that perhaps we don't like particularly. Um I mean, just uh, just to sort of round everything up and, and just do a general broad brush, broad brush review of the uh, of the island kits. I mean, the one thing I wanted to ask you, Dennis, is with regards to the association that the Republic of Ireland national team have had with Umbro. Now, obviously, uh, some of the Umbro kits have been great, some not so great, but the 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 the, the main overarching. Uh, fact really is the fact that Ireland have been with Umbro for so long and I was just wondering what your view was with regards to whether maybe the FAI may, may be at any time soon about to ditch Umbro and whether they might be tempted to try out a different manufacturer but um, they, I guess they must be quite happy with what Umbro are doing but what's your view are we do you think we're likely to see Umbro pushed aside in favour of a, another manufacturer anytime soon? Well, yeah, like it's, it's a very long-standing deal. Uh, 1994, straight after the World Cup, they took over. So those last Adidas kits only lasted for about four or five months. But so 1994, that was 22 and a half years ago, and they signed a deal in 2009, a 10-year deal. So um, that brings us up to 25 years, basically, by the time it's over. Uh, and it's funny, like that that 10-year deal has encompassed. Umbro's peak, we'll say, of recent times mm-hmm. of the tailored by Umbro, and then it, it almost, you know, was was just left as a carcass after Nike had its pickings. But it, it it has come back, and the FAI deal has been constant through that. So I don't think it was ever even in question um, when, mm-hmm. when Umbro was in trouble, and you know, I, there hasn't there hasn't been any talk of of anything anybody coming in. I suppose maybe next year we might hear of rumours. You know, as both sides probably try and play a bit of brinksmanship, but it, it's such a, a strong and long-lasting deal. I presume the relationship there is very is very durable, and you know, it would be a surprise almost at this stage to see a different logo on it. Uh, some some other manufacturer obviously would would probably mix it up, but I suppose Umbro would say that they've been there long enough that they have mixed it up enough. And like you say, there's been some good ones and some bad ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, I love the Adidas kits, but those ones were made in Ireland, in Cork here, um, under licence from Adidas. So there was a degree of autonomy and independence and the designs were often unique to Ireland. Whereas if Ireland had Adidas now, they'd be just another mm. name on a roster for team wear kits and might kind of dilute the uh, the effect of the previous association with Adidas. So yeah. overall, I, I have no real problems with, with, with Umbro doing it. It would be nice to see what some of this will come up with. But someone else could come in and have one nice kit and then struggle to match that. And then, you know, you're just kind of left with, with awful looking stuff. Better the devil you know is uh, one yeah, way of putting it. Yes, exactly. yes. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you want me to and, and, I'm a big Kylie fan. What was that? I was, <laughs> I said, totally through. I was already mentally moving on to the next sentence and I had to go back and think, what did he just say? I just realised. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not used to that kind of. Uh, well, I suppose I am with Rich, but 
going off then as some oblique avenue of conversation. Um, <laughs> I was, what I was going to say, Rich, before I was completely thrown mentally there, uh, what was your view overall, Rich, of, of the of the Umbro kits? I mean, good, bad, strange. What what's your view? It's a bit of an odd one because I, I think there's a lot of nice looking kits in there, but I think there seems to be a lot of repetition. Hmm. I don't know that. Like we said before, I think there's an awful lot of similarities between a lot of the kits. I mean, if you look at like the 2015 to 16 home, hmm. um, that is very similar to the previous one, just with a different bit of trim on it, which is also very similar to the, uh, where is it? There's another one that we saw that was very similar as well. Damn it. I can't find it. Oh, there it is. No, yeah. To the 2001 one. So there's, I mean, they keep sort of going back to the same old thing. I don't know. They really seem to struggle with getting anything interesting. But at the same time, they're nice-looking kits. Mm. It's just that when you look at them as a series, it's just, mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> nothing amazing. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the 2009 away um, with the horizontal pinstripes. It's almost like that's the equivalent away to the 03 home, but just six years too late because yeah. that had white horizontal pinstripes. <laughs> Interesting. I'll tell you what, there's so much to discuss with regards to island kits because there's, there's, yeah. there's, some, there's some interesting stuff. So that, for no other reason, is uh, why we should get you back on to maybe continue that particular <laughs> discussion. But anyway, thank you for the time being on that one, Dennis, for all your uh, views on the Irish kits and pr- for providing so much insight. And as I say, uh, listeners, if you've got a view, get in touch with us. We'll give you all the details uh, towards the end of the podcast and how you can do that. It'd be good to hear from you where that's concerned. Um, needless to say, we now go on to our kit-off vote for this podcast, and we are using the Republic of Ireland national team kits as our inspiration. Um, as we often do, we take the main subject and use that as, as the, uh, the kit-off vote. Um, so what we've asked Dennis to do is to, to pick three uh, shirts which are rarities, Republic of Ireland rarities, you might say. Um, so the three choices that you've got, uh, this time around, listeners, are as follows. Um, first of all, shirt A. Now, this one, Dennis, was worn, correct me if I'm wrong, 1973 against France? Uh, the first one was 1973 Adidas kit, uh, 13 years before Ireland officially wore Adidas. Uh, and it's one I came across by accident. Um, I, I saw a picture on Twitter last year of a game against France in 1976 in Paris where Ireland were wearing the normal O'Neill's green jerseys but with green Adidas shorts. And uh, I did a bit of digging and I found out that basically the, the match officials had insisted that uh, the two teams couldn't wear white shorts because people would be watching it on black and white TV. So at short notice, basically, the French Federation came up with these green Adidas shorts for Ireland to wear. But then in the process of that, I came across a post on a forum which mentioned a 1973 game where Ireland had worn a complete Adidas kit. Um, and it turned out that Ireland basically forgot to bring their kit with them to Paris for the game. So, uh, uh, did, they have a shirt, yeah. did they have a note from their mum that they forgot their kit? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what exactly happened. Did, <laughs> did they intend to bring it and went missing or what? But uh, basically, uh, Adidas and France provided them with this all green Adidas kit, uh, three stripes down the sleeve and a crew neck and green shorts with white stripes and green socks with white stripes. And I suppose you'd have to regard it as the rarest of all Ireland shirts because uh, there was only, whatever, the 14 made um, for the outfielders. 
and uh, obviously no replicas and I don't know if the players who played were allowed to keep them or were they given back to the French Federation mm. and if you were offered one to buy there'd be no way of proving that it was actually worn in that game because playing green with the three white stripes and no crest just the trefoil easy to uh, to, to forge so um, that, that I think is probably the rarest of them all and then Second choice is the one from Norway, 85, um, with the, the gold band, which we discussed earlier, mm-hmm. uh, also worn only once. And then there's another another little uh, oddity from 1987 uh, against Israel in a, a, a game November of that year. And I think, I think David Kelly actually made his debut and scored a hat-trick in that game. But it's kind of a hybrid of the 86-88 to home and the 90-92 home in that it's it's the white v-neck, but with a little narrow orange stripe in the middle of it, and also with the orange stripe on the white cuffs. And again, it, it seems to just be categorised with with these little kind of little uh, foibles that seemed to affect our kids at the time. No explanation for why it was different to the actual one, and never seen again. It's a strange one, isn't it? That's uh, shirt C, the uh, the sort of hybrid, really. Sort of, it's kind of, it's not going to wrap over collar, and it's sort no. of, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, a big... it's a lovely looking shirt, um, but, but only one Yeah, interesting. Just going back to shirt A, actually, the one that you you saying before. Now, am I right in saying that actually that plain green shirt, the Adidas one that was provided for for the Irish team, that was worn actually in uh, France, wasn't it? So. Why were France yeah. wearing their away kit at home? That's another kind of... I think, I think that was actually the rule at the time because um, like when Ireland played Northern Ireland in 1978, um, we wore white in Dublin and Northern Ireland wore white in, in Belfast. So I think, I think that seems to have been the, uh, the custom uh, mm. at international level up until, up until the 80s. Um, I don't know if it was fully enforced... Um, Mm-hmm. Or, or if it was just kind of, uh, just as if there wasn't a, a hard pass rule, but yeah, Ireland wore the all green, and France wore the their classic away look of white shirts, blue shorts, and red socks. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So there's your your three choices. Basically, as I say, if you follow the football attic on Twitter, you'll be able to see those uh, pictures uh, cropping up on our timeline. Uh, you should be seeing them by now if you're listening to this podcast, and uh, and they'll also be on the website as well. So choose your favourite. We will announce the uh, the winning shirt on the next podcast. Uh, we've got a bit of housekeeping to do in that we've got to tell you which shirt won the last uh, kit off vote. And uh, Rich, maybe you could do the honours. It was, of course, uh, National League shirts that we had on that one. Uh, how did the voting go? Uh, well, it was very close, actually. I, I, mm. I'm surprised by this. I, I thought there'd be a much more clear winner, but it was all incredibly tied at the top. Um, uh, <laughs> number three, I kind of combined like a, a sort of DJ with the guy from um, uh, a bullseye there, didn't I? <laughs> three, uh, we have shirt C, Tranmere Rovers coming in at 30%. That was the um, the sort of all green Puma affair. Very nice shirt. I do like that one very much. Mm. Um, uh, shirt B, 
came, uh, which was the Solihull Moors one, the one with the sort of red, white, and black on it, which came in second with 33%, and only just winning, which I'm very surprised by, was our favourite, the Dagenham and Redbridge one, which was the, um, the sort of blue and red chess band one. Um, mm. I'm very, I'm, I am, I'm, to be honest, very surprised that it was that close, because uh, I think both me and you, Chris, we were, you know, the Dagenham and Redbridge one was not only a sort of like an almost instant win, um, but it was, uh, I think we kind of, we actually, um, I think when we first saw it, we just both knew that was our, our favourite. Mm, instinctively, so, yeah. yeah. But And I think by quite a way as well, I think, you know, if we put percentages on those, it would have been way ahead. Um, but interesting as well, I think, um, looking at that then, uh, was that the same order that we had? I think it is actually, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty so, much. Yeah, so everyone, everyone agreed with us, is what we're saying there. <laughs> and Dennis, did you have a vote on this one? And if so, which one did you go for? Yeah, I think I went for the, the Solihull one. Um, yeah, I, there's something, was, something rather glorious about a three-way vertically yeah. split shirt. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose that's probably why uh, I, I went for because Cork City had one like that in five uh, green, white, and red uh, oh, wow. stripes, kind of like uh, Willem Twe of Holland. Wow. I'd like to see that. I'd like to hunt that one yeah. down. I'll send her a pick. <laughs> and, Excellent. Oh, well, for the first season of that kid, actually one of the legs and the shorts was striped as well. Cleaner <laughs> shorts in the second season, yeah. Superb. Well, there you are. Yeah. There's something to look out for. All right. <laughs> So there we are. There's your, all your kit off details uh, for this podcast. Uh, we sort of enter the any other business section now, I guess you could say. And Rich, you've bought a particular shirt of distinction, it has to be said. Tell the listeners what you've bought. Well, I've bought a few shirts uh, in the last, I think, since the last podcast. But my, my, the one that we're referring to here and, and, was also on my top five World Cup shirts of all time. And I have been after one for quite a while. It's one of those ones where I've been kind of after it if I see one crop up. You know, it's not like I've not been hunting for one. Hmm. But basically, it's the Brazil shirt that they wore at Mexico 86. Um, now, it's my favorite Brazil shirt, probably because of Mexico 86. You know, I have a bit of a thing for that. I don't know if you know. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's I, I always preferred this to the 82. I think most people prefer the 82 on it, which has got the simple sort of round neck on it. But I've always much preferred this one because it's got a nice little collar and a very thin V-neck. And it's just... And I finally managed to get one. I think Classic Football Shirts um, had it on their site and it went within about a day to me. So there you go. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice. It's very good condition. Um, And I'm incredibly pleased with it. And I think it's the first ever Brazil shirt I've bought because Brazil shirts don't generally do much for me. Um, Mm. And I'm I'm just very, very happy to, to have this. Uh, The other shirts that I bought recently... um, Speaking of classic football shirts, um, anyone that's not aware, the classic football shirts are now sponsoring the shirts of Sheffield FC, who are the world's oldest football club, um, which to me is just ace because what a, what a perfect fit. You know, classic football shirts, the place to go for, you know, classic football shirts and Sheffield FC, the oldest football club in the world that we know mm-hmm. of. Um, professional, that is, I'm, you know, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, and basically, their kits, they had, they've got home away and the third, and the home and the way are a Puma template, which is the sort of vert- uh, the diagonal sash, which is kind of broken halfway down, and then it kind of fades at the bottom. Um, and they've got red and blue, and they have got a third kit, which is, I think, the Puma template that Arsenal 
that had last year of the gold kit that they had, which I was not a great fan of that template, so I didn't bother buying that. But I did get the home and away, and they are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the badge for Sheffield FC is amazing. It's a really cool, proper old-school badge with lots of detail on it. Um, and the actual shirts themselves are really, really nice. They're sort of really nice, sort of shiny material. And just in the red and blue with the sash, they just look amazing. I'm really, really happy with them. Um, so, yes, I would urge everyone to go and get those because they're a piece of well, not really a piece of history, I suppose, but it's a, I suppose it is for certain, certainly for classic football shirts, but they're just great and go and get them. And uh, mm. and I'll take my, I'll take my uh, 10% cut later, CFS. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to point out that I don't actually get any commission from classic football shirts. So, you know, <clears throat> get on it, lads. <clears throat> <laughs> yes. Say no more. Tap side of nose. Um, yeah. Free advertising and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get it in one way or the other. Um, anyway, lovely, nice selections there, nice shirts, and I do love that 1986 Brazil top, very nice indeed, the shirt rather, not top, makes it sound like something you buy from bloody Marks and Spencer's, sorry, anyway, um, moving on, now, following on from the last podcast, uh, now, Dennis, actually, you got back to us about this, we were talking about this mooted New England third shirt, which I think we said was going to be black and midnight blue or something stupid like that, and I think you raised a good point about that. You think you know when when that might be worn, didn't you? Yeah, well, it, it was just um, I, I, I was checking their their fixtures uh, for the World Cup qualifiers and basically just trying to work out if there was any situation where they might have to deviate from the white shirts, white shorts, red socks look. Uh, and I think Malta away in September would tick that box because. Um, they, I presume they have red, white, red anyway, and obviously the away shirt couldn't be worn, so yeah. it would either mean England having to just revert to the classic look or else come up with a third kit. And modern football being what it is, I think we know what will happen. Oh, yes, yes, I think that's uh, the, the Malta match is uh, looking like a very likely uh, sort of uh, opportunity to wear that, that new shirt, so but uh, that's September, you say, so that might be a way off, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I presume they probably just have to uh, have to have a you know some plan uh, ahead of time. Um, it, it actually, I, I remember being disappointed in the was it the, the Euro 2008 and the World Cup 2010 qualifiers, England played Croatia and both of those, and I think Croatia changed for all four games. <laughs> rather than England having to come up with a blue third coach, which would have been right. nice. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, so there you go. So there's a little tip-off for you now. I think we think we may have preempted that, or Dennis, I think, has preempted that one, so we'll keep our eyes open for that nearer the time, maybe. Um, and I think, Dennis, you were also one of the many people who uh, went out their way to point out to Rich that um, in the last podcast, Streatham Rovers are not an actual football team. Anything you want to say about that, Rich? I would like to point out that I obviously knew that, and it was clearly a joke and a test. That's the case. Yeah, yeah whatever. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Andy Rockall pointed out with about three microseconds of the blooming podcast going <laughs> up. It was, like, it was like, you do know that's a parody. And I'm like, 
no. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I said, well, I'll just put that. I'll just put that down to as I was describing to you, Dennis, before we start recording this, the last-minute research that I do. And I, well, the funny yeah. thing is, I just, I just seen it. I remembered seeing it that someone else, and I literally clicked through a link, found the thing, and, and didn't really pay any attention to it. And then, of course, remembered it during the podcast, so didn't really have time to look into it properly. So, yes. <laughs> Thank you for all those who pointed it out. Yes, we are aware aware now that Streatham Rovers is sadly not a real football team. But I, but I tell you what, and this is just this just goes for my my whole worldview that um that satire the satire of yesteryear is becoming the reality of now. Like you know that when you look back on things like the day to day and uh, brass eye, and you can and you think at the time that was like oh this is so funny, and then you realise that the world has become that. Well, that's the thing. The fact that Streatham Rovers and the <laughs> exterminate rat poison thing and the sponsor yeah. of get like kick them out, you know, that to me was all entirely perfectly normal. You know that could yeah. happen. And I maintain that as as parodies go, it's great. But you know, if you're going to do satire stuff, you have to make it slightly unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's, not, yeah. it's 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 almost too good because it's so it's actually believable. This is the world we live in. Donald Trump is prime minister. Oh, sorry, prime minister is president of America for God's sake. <laughs> That's the world we're living in, people. So you know, I'm yeah. sorry if that can happen. Then and then the Rat Poison League and an eviction <laughs> services sponsor can happen. That's not the most mental thing. So yes, I'm aware it's a joke, and actually, yes, funny. Ha ha ha! I'm a twat. <laughs> Streatham <laughs> Rovers have, though, to, to be fair, they have a very comprehensive kit history, and I, I, I collect many of the tweets as I could in a, a blog post on on Museum of Jerseys, and it, it gives their whole history going back to the seventies, yes. <laughs> different kits worn. Uh, but, but what I love, yes, was, I looked, uh, I, I did see that, and I, I looked at that. And I thought, oh yeah. God, yeah, it's no wonder. It's, it is a pretty, it's a multi-layered satire. I'll give it that. You know, they're doing yeah. it. Very well. It's well worth a follow because on match day, it does it in real time. And it has all these unbelievable <laughs> happenings reported. Yeah, I, I, saw one, I saw one the other day and it said something like the game's been called off because Gary's having trouble with his wife or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, or, again, uh, it's entirely believable. <laughs> yeah. What I loved was that this season, inverted commas, their, their goalkeeper kit, uh, the, the, the tweet said... Uh, uh, the the fabric pattern on our goalkeeper kit uh, pays tribute to George Best's uh, legendary appearance on Wogan. <laughs> <laughs> Just with all these, uh, these silhouettes of, of, of George Best uh, in his uh, <laughs> in, oh, in finest hour. Beautifully observed. Beautifully observed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yes, there we are. Um, so that's sorted that out but thank you for all your feedback here i, I was none the wise i'd never even heard of the whole streatham rovers thing so I, <laughs> I couldn't even contribute during the podcast I'd, just as um in the in the dark about it as anybody else i think but uh, anyway other feedback from the last podcast we were talking about national league kits we heard from uh, liam on our website thank you liam for your pod for your for your podcast for your feedback from the podcast he said, uh, as a Wrexham fan, I was disappointed that we went with Macron, but it seems to be a rite of passage these days for a non-league club. Uh, as this and, and this season's effort, he said, isn't that bad, I suppose. Just jumping in there, when we were doing the research, I noticed that last season Wrexham had an Adidas kit and it was beautiful. And I was a bit disappointed to see that they'd gone with Macron, but the Macron kit isn't too bad, as you say. But uh, Liam goes on to say that he expected um, a template job, albeit this seems to be an old template. Uh, and that Hereford had it last season, and he said he didn't think it was new then. Uh, the fact that it won a fan vote, though, means he says that he can't hate it too much, which is fair enough. 
just wanted to also draw attention to Liam's website, which is lushgreenpixels.wordpress.com, which is an excellent blog all about football video games, and it's well worth a visit. So uh, get along and check that out, ladies and gentlemen, when you get the chance. So uh, anyway, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, Liam. very enjoyable. He has a great, great writing style. Um, yes. I love going on there to, to read about these, uh, these awful games. <laughs> you know, when the Football Attic uh, blog site was running, we did a couple of sort of video game reviews, and it's sometimes it's a bit you haven't got much to go on. Let's put it this way: when you're trying to yeah. kind of put things into context and, and be fair and balanced about these things, but it's a it's an excellent blog site. So, uh, thank you, Liam, for for getting in touch. Uh, now, um, some pointers for you: things to go and check out. Um, first of all, we need to come to you. I think Dennis, as you've been gracious enough to be our, our guest this time around, tell the listeners. Uh, basically what you're up to at the moment across your various projects, because the one key thing in the last week or so, I think that's caught a lot of people's eyes is the delicious uh, uh, depiction of the Republic of Ireland team wearing the Holland 88 template, which is wonderful. That's one of many things that you've been doing recently. So uh, give us an update on what you've, uh, what you've been doing. Yeah, that, that one, um, that, that one proved quite popular. It, it's funny, like, Obviously, Fantasy Kit Friday is kind of something I, I, I do every uh, every week um, where I take a team and give them a, an old kit template that they didn't have but which they could feasibly have had. And some of them just tend to really uh, really take hold of people. Uh, a few weeks ago, I did Aston Villa in the Arsenal 92 template and I got a great reaction. And... <laughs> By emerged the, the Ireland one yesterday in the uh, the Netherlands Euro eighty eight template uh, was was well received. One one friend of mine did say, uh, uh, "I'm not sure how you managed it, but you took two of the best kits ever and ruined them." <laughs> so there was the occasional uh, uh, dissenting voice, but uh, no, generally uh, it was it was uh, it was popular, uh, and then. So yeah, that's something I'm doing. Uh, I've, I've started doing something as well on a Wednesday uh, called Midweek Mashup where I basically take a notable instance from history where a team have worn whatever different socks or different shorts from what their actual kid would be and just kind of give them the story behind it. It's off, but you know, I suppose the nature of it means that Generally, it is a one-off. Like uh, I started with Celtic wearing orange socks against Leeds in the 1970 European Cup semi-final, and I looked at Man United wearing red shorts and red socks against Real Madrid, and different. And um, hmm. it it will probably take time for it to to, uh, to take hold. And then updated my my series on the Adidas goalkeeper shirts with a foil, but that's on the to-do list. Um, and basically, the to-do list is long, and <laughs> I love pay me to update my blog but unfortunately real life has to take priority so it's what? it's a case of it as and when i can uh, a, and then on the Smart numbers blog there's a, a weekly quiz on a monday as well which uh it, it a lot of people are saying it's too tough so i'm trying to so that's something to, to work on as well I always say to people, when people say that quizzes are too tough, it's like, well, what would you rather have? A quiz where you know all the answers, which is of absolutely yeah, yeah. no use to you, or would you like to actually learn something if you don't know the answers? I think the latter, yeah. but that's just my view. Uh, so anyway. people people prefer the ones you get on this morning, which is like, you know, <laughs> name, is name, a fruit, name a fruit beginning with apple. 
<laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, they still do those, do they? Uh, excellent. Um, yes. I just, I was, it's a constant source of me scratching my head, Dennis. It's, uh, where you find the time to do all these things. It's just incredible, your output. I just, uh, you have to let me know the secret one of these days. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, I, I think you might be better off talking to my wife than me about uh, <laughs> those religious levels of output and how you want them. So, uh, yeah, I, I knew it when I find the time. Um, I wish I had more time, but that's, that's the nature of it. Well, yes. I, 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 I suppose what I have found actually is during last year I made the, the leap to start using Adobe Illustrator, whereas I had been largely using Microsoft Paint, and that has made a huge difference. In terms <laughs> of the, the, Just it's it's a wonderful thing, isn't it, Illustrator? And yes, it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a, an acquired skill, but once you've got it, it's it's brilliant. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Welcome, welcome to the future, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> But congratulations on all your output. It's it's a, it's a constant source yeah. of enrichment for people's life. So um, so keep it keep up the good work is all I can say. Um, a few things that I've just been sort of working on. Um, I've managed to. I've been a busy boy since about November, working on various other things, sort of not necessarily football kit related. But I've got those done and out of the way now, so I'm able to spend a bit more time doing uh, kit list stuff. And if you go over to the kit list website, uh, then you will see a. a, a Another fantasy gallery, actually, it's a, a Formula One world champion cars uh, depicted as kits, which is, I know other people have done something similar in the past, but um, it's an idea I had a, a long time ago. And then I thought, I know, I'll just take classic Formula One champion cars from many, many years going right back to the late 60s and see if I can sort of depict those as kits. So um, I've done that on Kipless. And also, um, there's another one of my uh, lost champions. Uh, sets of set of illustrations that are done for Craig over at beyondthelastman.com. He recently published, I think it's about the third or fourth of my sort of galleries that I've done there. It's uh, called The Lost uh, Champions of the Netherlands Reimagined. And for anybody that hasn't picked up on that, it's basically a series that he's doing uh, where he writes about champions, champion clubs, used to be league champions in a particular country, who, that are now uh, defunct. They've maybe folded financially or whatever. And so basically he's what happens is he writes a blog post about those particular clubs. And then there's a second kind of complimentary blog post that comes along straight after, which feature my illustrations to show what those teams might look like if they were still around today, what kits uh, they might be wearing. So uh, if you go along to beyondthelastman.com, you will see the lost champions of the Netherlands reimagined. That's uh, my uh, illustrations on there. Um, Can I just say uh, the, the Formula One idea was a brilliant one and, and it's very well rendered. Um, but of course, I just have to pick you up on the, the anti Irish bias because you left out all those times Jordan won the, the Drivers' Championship. Oh, well, I, <laughs> in my defence, there may be a follow up one because uh, I think actually the aforementioned Craig from Beyond the Last Man. Uh, suggested a few other kits as well that uh, or cars as it were uh, that I should do. Yeah. So that, I would be at all surprised if there's a if there's a second post along the same lines, and I'll do my best to to include Jordan. I, <laughs> I, if you don't mind, I mean, yeah, it's it's great that you've come along, uh, Dennis. But I mean, you know, speaking out of turn like this, you know, no, I, I, I think um, no, I think no, I, <laughs> I think if, if there is a follow up post. It probably won't be the cars for. Uh, drivers that have won the championship it will just be some of my favorite ones because i remember I'm, I'm not really into formula one these days but back in about the mid 90s i was 
and there was a <coughs> car, I think it was March, and they had like a sky blue car, beautiful. And I wanted to do that as a kit, so I'll probably do that yeah. one. There's, there's any number of others, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a, a Jordan car. And, and it's, it's funny, actually, just on, on a related topic, um, last year when I was doing a series on my website about the 1990-91 Serie A kits, I was researching the Barry kit, and I came across a piece on an Italian dog. Um, and Barry had the kind of same style as France had at that time, a, a unique kind of Adidas design, um, kind of with panels just below the shoulder. And on this Italian blog, it described the Barry kit as the uh, the McLaren Marlboro kit. <laughs> there you go. It's, uh, it's it's funny you say that because uh, having published that uh, Formula One gallery, I think a couple of people showed me, um, uh, I think it's a, there's an Argentinian polo team, as, as strange as that might seem, who I think one year did wear these Marlboro shirts in looking like a okay. giant packet of cigarettes, uh, you know, <laughs> with the Chevron thing going on. So, uh, yes, all good stuff. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, we've mentioned your fa- Fantasy Kit Friday Olin. Ireland Holland mashup there, so that's we've done that. And the only final thing, just to mention by way of a pointer, is League of Blog Actor, which we mentioned on the last podcast. Um, just to reiterate again, in abbreviated form, if you have a blog site, doesn't matter doesn't matter what the, the subject is. Um, if you want to basically enter a league competition where you get to play against other blog sites, you don't have to do anything. All you are basically asked to do is to design a kit and a, and a badge for your team. And basically, you'll get entered, and then we use uh, Log Actor, which is a, a sort of not a board game, kind of a uh, board game is about the easiest way to describe it. Really, it's a game where you use dice to generate the results of matches, and you play out an entire league season. And so, we're inviting you to uh, enter your blog site as uh, part of that competition. If you want to do that. Just get along to designfootball.com. Jay over there has uh, described the whole process, or at least an overview, um, and uh, basically just design a kit and a badge for your for your blog, and you can take part. And we're entering a, a football attic team, which is only right because we we set up the League of Blogs all those years ago. Um, I've got a, a kit list team taking part. I think you're in it as well, aren't you, Dennis? I I, I think I make up about half the entries at the moment. I have. Uh... <laughs> I have one for Museum of Jerseys, and I have one for Squad Numbers, and I also put in one for Pride in the Jersey, which is uh, my site that I haven't updated in ages about the history of the other games kits. Uh, and I might put in one for my rugby kit site as well. So, yeah, I'm just trying to take over the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> and seeing as Jay appointed me as the kit commissioner, I'm just trying to challenge myself to see uh, <laughs> if, I pick it, if my teams play each other. Basically, you're trying to win the competition by process of basically having three out of every four, oh, yeah. four, four, four teams in. It's yeah. yeah. like Premier League reserve teams and second yeah. teams and the, yeah. and the girls' team and the youth team and everyone yeah. else in the same league. You are like when, um, you're the, you're the checker trade trophy of the blog <laughs> after world. Yeah. All right. It's like when uh, that, that, that crowd, probably ENIC, they bought the oh, Trade yeah. Spurs and a few other clubs in different countries and um, so yeah just trying to build a dynasty really oh well so uh, i think that's admirable a, a, i think a dynasty brilliant brilliant yeah you don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, 
Well, I mean, it basically just leaves us to uh, to tell you how you can get in touch with us uh, here at the Football Attic. If you've got any feedback about anything we've discussed or anything we've mentioned, uh, do drop us a line. You'll find us on twitter.com forward slash football attic. You'll find us on facebook.com forward slash the football attic. Uh, the website, www.thefootballattic.com. And if you want to drop us an email, you can. We'd love you to do that. Admin at thefootballattic.com. And, of course, you can find our podcast not only on our website but also on iTunes. So uh, uh, that's uh, all the information you need to do. And very quickly, Dennis, uh, if people want to find your some of your vehicles that you're working on, not literal vehicles, I mean blog vehicles. <laughs> the easiest thing is at Museum of Jerseys on Twitter and at Museum of, or www.museumofjerseys.com. And that's that's the portal from which you can find the other sites, and it's also where most of the activity is happening at the moment. Fair enough. Excellent. Thank you very much. And that's well worth a visit as well, needless to say. Um, Rich, any other business before we go? I don't believe I have anything to report. Well, that's all good, uh, in the nicest possible sense. Um, <laughs> I didn't wish to sort of suggest <laughs> that it was, it was good that you... Anyway, um, yes. That's it. That's all we've got time for. We've crammed in a lot, but we hope you enjoyed that uh, little uh, stroll through the uh, world of football kit design. Dennis, thanks ever so much for being our wonderful guest this time around. So glad we finally got you on. You've been wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thanks very much for having me on. Great, uh, great experience. Yeah, well, needless to say, we'll have you on again as a guest in the future. You can be sure of that. And, uh, and you can now go back and tell Jay what he's doing wrong. That's excellent. <laughs> And uh, Rich, thank you very much indeed for your time. Uh, uh, and we'll be back again, I guess, in a fortnight's time with another one, eh? What do you reckon? Indeed. I think, I think so. we should. People seem to be enjoying these uh, podcasts, although, frankly, I have absolutely no idea why. Uh, so but, at, least, uh, at least three people are. We know that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a start, I suppose. But uh, anyway, thank you very much indeed, listeners. Join us again uh, very soon for another podcast. But for the time being, from myself, from Dennis, and from Rich, it's goodbye to you all. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.